Welcome to another Shay and Rel. We got Shay. We got Rel. We got a podcast. We always have a podcast. We always have a podcast, but we don't Let's just always. Ask how. <laughs> we don't always post podcasts, but we always record. Yeah, we do always record. But no, I we, don't know what that's about. Uh, that's I about, feel like we need to examine that. Uh, I, I, I know feel like my, there's a problem. In my that. therapist said um, no, no, no. that you're lazy. Oh, uh, not you. That I'm lazy. That you're lazy. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, no, but we're we're excited with just to kind of share some of our thoughts and feelings about the industry, about, um, you know, we wanted to kind of explore giving tips and tricks for aspiring content creators and and future content creators um, and current content creators and anyone who's a podcaster. Obviously, that's about content creation. Podcaster's favorite podcaster in the hizzy. Basically. So, you know, we wanted to kind of help take our 20, 30, close to 40 years yeah. combined experience and give you some some of our knowledge that we have from our traditional media and how that could be applicable in guiding y'all as becoming better uh, creators yourself. And um, also, if you are thinking about it. In general, I just think Gen Z, y'all had it right. <laughs> From day one, just in terms of mm. of like being, uh, you know, just having fun with what was applicable, what you had available to you, what you had applicable to you by you guys making, you know, expressing your creativity. That's the best way to say it. You were expressing your creativity. If you were a singer, if you're a dancer, if you are an aspiring model, uh, a rapper, other things like. Uh, if you're a mixed media artist, mm-hmm. if you're an interior designer, or entrepreneur. designer, entrepreneur, solopreneur, entrepreneur, yeah. you had it right by utilizing platforms from day one to really go directly to people you wanted to connect with. I think the problem is, is that <laughs> those of us that came up in a system, like that was actually a system that we were told you had to buy into and mm. you had to actually, I mean, this system is quietly crumbling. Like a lot of people don't know that. So... I would say that uh, young people had it right from day one in terms of saying, wow, we have a way to be able to connect with people that are in the Netherlands. I don't know why I picked the Netherlands. <laughs> that are in <laughs> You know why? I don't know why I picked the Because I just saw it with this, um, this partnership Banjay is doing. With, oh, okay. Uh, with sending uh, two uh, mentees to different, uh, yeah. France and the Le- Netherlands was part of it. But Cameroon, or if you wanted to connect with some you know, people in some of the most remote parts of the world, you could and yeah. actually, like, say that you make jewelry out of seashells and you wanted to connect with people on the beaches of New Zealand that mm. also that have beautiful, fresh seashells, and that way you could connect with them. Sea, with she French she Polynesian. Say, see, she sells, she, she, she sells. No, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, so I want to just say, I think they had it right. Yeah, I think we want to make sure that we give props to the younger generation. I know for me, not for me, I mean, for me, I'm very impressed by what they've been able to do. I've been very impressed how they uh, were able to monetize, use social media to express themselves and then able to monetize it mm-hmm. as opposed to, and I, th- and I do think they get a bad rap, right? Because we, older people, I don't want to say we, me, you and I, but older people, millennials and um, Gen X don't quite understand because we didn't grow up with that technology. Yeah. We grew up before a lot of well, uh, the did. phones, cell phones. Uh, what would you say? I said you did. I mean, you can still be young and still grow uh, grew up before some of that stuff. 
right? Like if you're a nice little 28, you would have grown up. Uh, you would have been born before social media. Yeah, but you didn't necessarily. You t- wait a minute. Oh, you're talking about before social media. I yeah, social media, yeah. Okay, for so, some reason I thought you meant like you was going analog. There are different places you were Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. I, like, nah, I, w- I wasn't going that far it. back. Okay. But social media, because that was probably the biggest invention during our time period next to maybe the cell phone that yeah. change. Um, yeah, that's true. How cons- people consume content, how people shop, shopping. Uh, Real quick. Standards. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, finish. Uh, shopping, not standards, but shopping. Uh, consumers' behavior. That's yes. w- That's what pretty much changed is social media and the cell phone. There was something else that you said that was really interesting that I wanted. I, w- I actually wanted you to touch upon. Um, you said that the system is quietly crumbling. Can you explain a little bit more, just to give a little bit more context of what you meant by that? COVID did a lot to a lot of businesses that you know are still re- recovering. Some never recovered. Yeah. But in terms of television, you know, television is funny, and so is film. It's a funny thing where you always feel the after effects. We don't feel it right away. You know, the other like places like restaurants and clothing stores and or boutiques or brick and, anything brick and mortar kind of felt it right away. And it took a long. It didn't take long for them to kind of either close or have to rapidly rebuild it, either raising prices. I mean, we're experiencing it in the building we live in, like the price price gouging that they're doing yeah. for living here in L.A. is ridiculous. Like yeah. what we moved in at versus what we're now paying. Oh, yeah. And in the the raise, raises in the rent are so exponentially higher every year. Mm, preach. It's insane. And so... I mean, you're pricing people out of a market that basically, I think the issue with all things too is people are getting priced out. And one of the things Terrell and I have noticed is, that, or Rell and I have noticed is that rates are going down in our industry as cost of living is going up in all the cities you have to work in in it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's uh, New York, Los Angeles, Atlanta, yeah. I'm sure is feeling the same way. I know people that are in Atlanta, they're like, yeah, I can have a house with my work and I can pay my mortgage with $2,500 a week check mm-hmm. or whatever have you. But at the same time, they have to keep making that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. nonfiction, which Terrell and I've worked in or Rell and I've worked in since we started in this business that combined 40 years ago has changed exponentially. Like it is not, you know, it's not one of the things where it was, you, it's never been cool to say no to something, but if you used to be able to have options, like, oh, I don't know if I want to take this. There's something I want to take. I started to notice it 10 years ago that it was, I wasn't getting as many options as I wanted. Like, Mm -hmm. I never just was kind of pigeonholed into, I'm only going to do black shows. And not that I had a problem doing shows with with black ensemble casts, but as a black woman, I never wanted to be pigeonholed that this was all I could could write for. Like, I, or I could produce for, I wanted to show that I could work with cast of all different backgrounds, races, you know, because I do consider myself a person that wants to learn and know more about everybody in this world. And I used to work on shows with a lot of people that didn't look like me and had a lot of fun doing it because I was learning as I went along too. And I think it helped make me a better person. But at the same time, I remember after a while, like all I was getting offered past like 2014, 2015 was black docu soaps. 
I definitely want to say like after 2015, 2016, that was like 2016. Like that was all that was being offered. 2012 for me, but okay. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. And the craziest part is, is that everybody I worked under that was a higher up did not look like me. Mm. That is changing to a, it changed in some aspects, like some people were EPs, but still people that own the companies we worked for, the production companies we worked for, the network executives that we worked for, weren't still, were still, they weren't black people giving you notes. Yeah. So I think that that is on black ensemble cast shows. So that's, I'm kind of going off on a tangent in that, but I'm just, let me go back to where I say it's crumbling. I noticed this, and this is kind of why I wanted to speak on it, is that you're seeing a lot of big deals in Hollywood right now. It feels like the major periodicals are dropping articles every day about major deals that are being made at all the studios for films and series. And I don't want people to see that and be like, see, everything's fine. That didn't there are a lot of people I've known for well over 10 years in this business who are not working. Yep. And it's not even so much that young people are getting, you know, it's the young people getting all the jobs. There are like no jobs. <laughs> it's a quiet thing that's not being spoken out loud, but basically a lot of when deals were being, when they wanted to end the strikes and you saw like the gang of four and people meeting with, WGA and SAG-AFTRA, they are quietly saying, which they didn't so quietly say because people that weren't at necessarily execs at the studios knew this, but that they were going to be doing more consolidation in going into 2024. And what did that meant? Less content. Okay, fine. We're going to give you the contracts you all say that you want in terms of how many weeks you're going to get as a writer, how many weeks you're going to get, I mean, mm -hmm. how much guaranteed residuals you're going to get as an actor mm -hmm. you're not your likeness will not be uh in terms of nil your name image and likeness will not be massively duplicated you know yeah. by that but at the end of the day oh and we're going to increase your health and remember health pensions were a big deal with that yep. too but at the end of the day you know if it's a series that hasn't brought in the numbers and it's not a flagship series, then we're buying less material. That's what it is. So if you're a, a, a aspiring sh showrunner, or, you know, basically mm -hmm. you have a, a creator that has an idea for a series, we may not buy it with the risk of the fact that it might not, you know, we can't guarantee the audience is going to be there. Yeah. For nonfiction, it meant, okay, we'll make season 20 of Love and Hip Hop, Atlanta, but we won't make anything else, you know, from another city if yeah. it isn't a proven audience to go with it. What's so crazy is their flagship. That's what's so funny about it. Their flagship of Love and Hip Hop didn't it didn't even return. Like, oh yeah. And with reality, sh and it's funny that, that it, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and Miami are now called flagships when their flagship was New York. Well, but even before New York, because it was just called Love and Hip Hop. It was just called and Love then and it became became when they Love and Hip Hop New York when they did spinoffs when they did Atlanta and so when that was so so much of a flagship it didn't even have a city attached it didn't have to it. a city attached to it at the time that's crazy what's interesting is that reality television is a very funny thing too like at least with narrative shows you get an announcement because people are attached to actors and characters and you'll get an announcement that it's not coming back for another season typically that actor or like the star of the series or or several actors on the series will write and say, hey, this isn't returning, what, mm -hmm. blah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Reality shows, it just... <laughs> it just... just it, you just don't see it come back. Yeah. And as 
producers and, and uh, editors on it, we may not even know it's not coming back. You know, like, we uh, just don't get the call. Yeah, I mean, for me, I can speak personally with that. I know I was on two different shows, um, uh, Black and Crew and Basketball Wise Orlando, and uh, there was no, like, official word that the shows were getting canceled. It just... You just don't get a call back, and then you realize it, it's not on air, and you know the everybody else is like sitting around waiting, like, eh, we we haven't heard anything. Like Black and Crew, I'm pretty sure it's it's a done deal. Yeah. Um, basketball wise, I think uh, we're we're all like just waiting to see what what's gonna happen next. So, yeah, no, I definitely understand that, and I, I do think that's a signal that um, something is shifting in this uh, economy. In, in I mean, you even have actors saying, yeah. the reason I say it's crumbling is you have actors saying that you have actors that have done really well in this industry. And and the reason I keep saying actors is I know people are like, there's so many other people involved in the business of creating of one course. piece of content. But the reason sag After was such a powerful strike this year, last year is because they are technically the A-listers of the, of the industry because yeah. you see them. Yeah. We've been really blessed in the last like eight or nine years to kind of see that shift in the fact that you had a lot of, of writers that also are in front of the camera. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I'm speaking more of like a Quinta Brunson or a, a, a uh, Issa Rae because you didn't always see that in the past where you, you Spike Lee is a unique case where you kind of saw someone that wrote, direct, produced and put themselves in front of the camera. Yeah. And um, I think Quentin Tarantino is another one. There, uh, Albert Hitchcock was, it was like, it was, you know, he, he was, yeah, that was very well known in terms of what he, that was what he was known for. And I mean, there's so many we could go back into the, you know, in terms of Hollywood yeah. for, but in terms, but I'm thinking like, if you're talking about big time creators, that they were definitely, these are two women of modern era that utilized platforms to, um, they utilized platforms for people to see who they were. Yeah, for exposure. And for exposure, and as a result, they were able to, for lack of a better term, leverage deals mm-hmm. that they made in in Hollywood, and more favorable deals than the more average favorable person deals than the average person. Then, if you were a writer working your way up, yeah, it takes a longer time if you're a writer oh. working your way up to be a showrunner and a creator, or a creator and showrunner. And you being generous when you say long time, because it could never. Especially with black people. I mean, it helped over the years when you had people like Shonda Rhimes. She had a lot of black writers that came under her that created series. I know Ramala Muhammad is a big, yeah. you all know her for like Reasonable Doubt. Uh, but she's another one. Um, Carrie Washington is kind of duplicating that process now. Mm. But look what she had to do. I mean, like Terrell and I laugh all the time at when we, now that the series of Mr. and Mrs. Smith came on, and you see. You know, I remember when she was the sidekick to Angelina Jolie, and mm. she was the blind woman in Fantastic Four. It took a long time she for her to get sidekick to Julia Stiles. Not nah, um to yes Sean to Julia Patrick. Stiles. You're Sean right. Patrick that was her Tom. brother, yeah, but yeah. it took a long time yeah. for her to get a lead role in a very popular series on ABC, which led to her. And now she's creating a lot of opportunities for people, which is great, and people mm. that look like herself. But it that took that takes a long time to get there. I mean, look at how many years it took for her to yeah. get there, you know. So that's what I mean about in terms of things crumbling. And you have to pay attention. When I say things are crumbling, you hear people like Dakota Johnson and now Issa Rae say that studios aren't really looking at it from the standpoint of of creativity anymore. They're mm. looking at it of is it a guaranteed 
Yeah, yeah. Is it going to line pockets? Yeah. And if it's not going to line pockets, they don't want to take the risk. Telling a story is a risk. Yeah. I, I, I don't care which, however way you tell it. Because it's subjective. It's subjective. It's like, I, we like true crime, but there's a lot of people that might be like, I don't want to sit at home and Murder watch porn. that. But they yeah. took, there's several true, true crime shows on television and on streaming platforms. Why take a gamble on that? Why did you all believe that that was the story, the hill mm. to die on, if you didn't believe that there, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's what I find to be very interesting of, now we're in this position where I don't want to take a gamble unless it's a guaranteed hit because you don't know. It really spoke volumes for like what three or four projects that HBO and all four of them to get. Well, Insecure got to run its course, but the other three got cut. And I think the thing about it is, is that this is someone that really fought to have her place at the table and by yeah. making her own content with money out of her own pocket, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. and along with her writing partner at the time. And I think that it's very telling that we're now in that place where you, I mean, you have to be kind of where Quint is, right? Turning over those results of Emmys yeah. to really be, con for people to really pay attention. And I think that that's sad that we have to be at that level mm. because there's a lot of series that aren't, don't have a lot of people of color on it that don't make it to that level of award success, but get a lot, but still have multiple seasons. Yep. So I think that's something where I say that when you hear from industry people that are actually making decisions at studios, that they are very, their hands are very tied of what they can green light. Yeah. Or if green light's even a possibility for content. Yeah. <laughs> because they're saying that now it's like, if you're not a flag flagship series, they're not green lighting. Mm hmm and that's the same for narrative, mm. which is scripted content. So you think about it, if they're not greenlighting a massive amount of series like that, then that really means that there are going to be a lot of creative people that are kind of unfortunately left out, you know, yeah. in the shadows. And that's really sad because there's so many voices yet that have yet to be heard. Yeah. And so I think we're at a precipice now where it's kind of, if you want to be a storyteller, like I've wanted to be since I could remember even understanding mm. what a story was. I think it's finding every platform you have available to you to tell those stories. Oh. I, I really yeah. just think that we're just at that point. And the, and the greatest part about <laughs> it is, is that Gen X hubs uh, basically came out with their annual video redefined report, which is a report that they get or results that they put out, which is similar to what Nielsen's was. It's something we grew up with. Nielsen ratings was something that Terrell and I grew mm -hmm. up with. And that's how you knew a show was doing well. Anytime they got, what, over a one? Yeah, point, you, you, you definitely doing good. You yeah. were doing good. I mean, there's some series that stayed on at a zero point. Yo, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the lowest I've seen is point seven. Yeah, and they'll stay on the air. So... According to Hubs, 88% of Gen X. No, no, no. I'm. Why am I saying Gen X? Z. Gen Z. Sorry. Sorry, Gen Z. Sorry, Gen Z. I, I don't mean to disrespect. I actually put Gen X hoping that that was what it meant. But <laughs> You were trying to manifest I was it. trying to manifest <laughs> But 88% of Gen Z consumers are actually consuming any type of video, mm -hmm. whether it be short form, long form, whatever have you. Yeah. They are doing it mobily. They're not doing it from a traditional top box like we grew up with, yeah. or even now the version of of the cord is streaming through smart TVs. Yeah. So Gen X and millennials are, tend to still be attached to TVs in terms of consuming films and series, but Gen Zers are going by mobile, going by tablet, 
um, but primarily smartphones. Yeah. To actually consume their content, and and to create it as well. Yeah. I've got to give them credit. You know, this is a generation that they are considered the digitally native generation. So yes. they're the yeah. ages of not people who are like millennials who adapted to it. They were actually Gen, grew up. Gen X is really had to adapt to yeah. it. Yeah. But they are a generation that And actually, Baby Boomers just fumbling in the dark. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, that's sad. No, I love seeing the Baby Boomers working, really learn learning, and, and maximize it. Yeah, there's Man, a lot my of mother's them. good at texting. I know your mother's good yeah. at texting. Oh, my mother's good at yeah, all types of technology. technology keeping but, sharp. Yeah. yeah, but my mother uh, has a, a natural... Um, yeah. Curiosity. A, a curiosity yeah. and affinity to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, there are a lot of baby boomers that are like this. Like I'm you good. Said, that are, Your pops, the, the struggle right? is yeah. right. The struggle is real. So, it is nice to, and even he's starting to get a little bit better. Good. But yeah. I think because you have to, like it's you know that we're now being forced into a position where you have to. And mm. I think why you don't want to be so dependent on technology, I think it's still important to know how to utilize it because that's how you get how do you forced out of whatever position you're in yeah, right when you sure. don't know how to use it then it's like well i hate this but companies tend to say well what is my use for you yeah and unfortunately everybody has to know that's how companies think mm-hmm. it's not about them liking you or, or caring about you they think about what their use is and yeah. that no matter what unless you are at a company that has all day daycare where they're making sure that the mamas and the papas is taking mm-hmm, care of them, mm-hmm. where their babies going to be if they're not in school, where they're going to be after school, before school, whatever have you. They give you proper paternity, maternity leave, or maternity, paternity leave. They give you great PTO packages, great sick leave, mm-hmm. all of that. Your 401k gets matched. Yeah. And just all, all of the things, the yeah. dental vision, life, you know, uh, health insurance, all that in one. If you're at a company that's working like that and they believe in quality of life versus quality of your work. Yeah. Then nine times out of 10, most companies are trying to figure out what your what your use is. Yeah. And if they can't justify it, then, you know, the no door, is, yeah. Yeah, the door is getting open for you. So then not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not for opportunities. So I would say the reason I liked hearing the statistics that Hubs gave out about Gen Zers is because you always look to the generation that is the um, the consumers that are between the ages of what twelve to they're they're right now they're twelve to twenty seven. Mm-hmm. So you always look at those consumers because they're basically born between 90, 1997 and twenty twelve. So you always look to people that are kind of the next. I guess you could say they're the next voting block. The next. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next age of decision makers. Yep. So you do always look to them because they are the trendsetters. At the end of the day, I think it is encouraging that they're showing that they want to they want to actually feel a connection to the people that they are viewing. Mm. And traditionally in that sense it may not always be on a TV screen or a film screen. And that's a blessing because if you're a storyteller that feels like you can't break the seal of what Hollywood has been for so long and yeah. it continues to kind of it's getting worse. Yeah. Then you actually have an opportunity to still be a storyteller. Absolutely. In, in any format you want to. And yeah. I think that's a blessing and it's encouraging and I think that that is something that excites me as being a TV producer for, for over 20 years and you know as a vet it's harder to get work, you know, than, oh, it, yeah. is, than it is to, if, especially if you're not like a name. If you worked on a series where you were one of, you know, eight producers yeah. or one of six or 
from depending on what they budget look like. You know, you could be one or two or yeah. one or five or whatever. You know, it's but the even then, the entertainment, even if you wasn't, even if you did have a name, but the entertainment is such a heat seeking industry, right? Like just it, on it both sides. It depends on yeah. like what, what, what have you done that's been, you know, mm-hmm. like. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that if you just want to be able to contest, consistently get your create to express yourself creatively and get your stories out there, I think I would say to to utilize the platforms. I think I'm really encouraged to see what TikTok's done in terms of just businesses in general. Yeah, like for sure. I'm so impressed. But like Olivia Rodrigo is at the Grammys like a vet now. And yeah. she was a TikTok artist, right? I believe and so. Yep. You so you're seeing like a lot of I'm, Copy Lame is Copy Lame is, of, is one I, and he's Becoming more and more yeah, creative. I seen him with a, on a Pepsi commercial with C.J. Stroud. Stroud, Stroud. Oh yeah, you know, I just saw yeah, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Stroud. I just saw that. I just saw um, who else? Obviously, we know what the Demilios are doing. They have a television deal. We know. Um, oh my God! Uh, so many people getting opportunities. Miss, uh, 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 Jimmy Donaldson is probably yeah, one of Mr. the most Beast successful YouTube and, uh, content creators, and he's doing what Terrell and I've done for like over twenty years each, which is. Uh, reality shows on YouTube and it's just a competition reality. Like it is such a, it's so cool because he's found a formula that's made it work mm-hmm. and really also shown a test of humanity in certain yeah. extents. Like, can you go throughout these tough yeah, conditions yeah, yeah. for X amount of time? Survivor. Survi- it really is. It's just like different versions of yeah. Survivor and different versions of Amazing Race and, yeah. and it, well, uh, things that have like won. Thankfully he hasn't done Naked and Afraid. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has basically took the the format. <laughs> I know that's true. Because you know, because Ralph just like, like he brings up on social, it's like, oh my god, it's traumatized. Like, and this is still on. Um, but no, I, I definitely think he just took the model that we we've done, and you know, he has the right team around him. I mean, he's now collaborating with one one of Terrell's favorite leagues out there, the mm. NBA. And I mean, I think that that's so. I mean, his deal was so lucrative. The team they didn't, didn't even want to tell you. About. What the money look like, and it's not so much just about, but you do have to survive. We're in that world yeah. where you do need to survive, but it's not such a bad thing to do what you love and survive at the yeah, same time. Yeah, sure. And I think that's what Jimmy Donaldson has shown is that you too can survive and do what you love. Yeah. And I think that's what we just keep fighting for as creatives is that we want to do what we love, mm-hmm. but survive at the same time. Like we don't want to do what we love and be like intensity. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately, that's big out here in yeah. L.A. Like, there's a lot of people getting out of tents, going to work, and that's a whole other thing for another day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that that's what you and I wanted to talk about today was just, unfortunate. like, don't, guys, don't, the press is controlled, too, out here, like, the, the like the Hollywood press that you see with these deals that you see online, and it's also controlled by the people that control the deals. yeah. So, yeah, they're going to tell you that these deals are getting done. So it looks like all of these things are getting signed, but it doesn't mean it's a lot of people getting work either. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of the people that are a part of the deals are already technically on the A-list. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of new people getting their foot in the door. Yeah. That's the problem. You're not seeing a lot of new things being created yeah. by new people. So it is, that's a scary part to be in. And that's what I mean about the structure crumbling is that you, if you have vets who are, who have made money mm-hmm. complaining, like I said, not complaining, but voicing their concern, like yeah. Issa Rae and Dakota Johnson, then that's a, con- that's a, yeah. real problem. That means there's real structural issues that are happening. Absolutely. The only thing I want to add 
is quickly like, well, first of all, it's changing your mindset, right? Change your mindset to want to to be willing to go out there and, and try different things, try to be content creators, giving yourself grace, mm-hmm. being confident, but also giving yourself grace that you're, you're going to fumble in the dark because we're all learning about this new culture of making content and what's the right type of content. You know, me and Shayla prefer long form content, but we also appreciate short form content. I think one of the ways that you can circumvent Having to do both, I mean, having to pick one of the others, do long-form content, and being able to break it into parts, similar to what we do with our podcast, right? We record an hour-long podcast, but then we have 20, 30 pieces of content that we can flip. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe even more pieces of content that we can flip. So, you know, with that being said, you know, give yourself grace that you're going to learn. It doesn't have to be perfect. You, you'll grow into being better every time you make it. Just improve, like I, I like what Mr. B said, like about improve one thing every yes. time you record or every time that you create. And I definitely think you, you'll you get the hang of it. Um, but while you're doing that, if you tune into our podcast, we're going to give you a lot of tips and tricks on how to do it, you know what I mean, and how to build a podcast and how to build a YouTube channel and how to build all these things that we've actually experienced, some with success, some with failures, but some but all, all in all, it was all fun. And we want to kind of uh, lay the groundwork for y'all to um, kind of, you know, succeed in your own right. So we kind of excited to do that. You know, of course, um, you know, we're excited to reinvent Beyond the Lens, our yeah. company. Um, you can check out our website, www.beyondthelens.com, or beyondthelensnyc.com, excuse me. Yeah. Um, even though we're in L.A., we still were born born and bred in, in well, he I was, was born and bred. Her, her business Maryland. was born and bred in New York, but she is from Maryland. Um, shout out to Columbia, Jessup Savage. Okay. Um, and we look forward to, you know, bringing out some fresh new content. Um, Shayla also, we're working on our YouTube channel where Shayla's going to use that basically as a little playground yeah. to experiment That's with fun. a lot of fresh new content, new stories. And I want y'all to tune in and check it out because it's going to be super fun. Right. And that's what we want to do. Thanks for spending your most precious asset with us, which is your time. Thank you for tuning in to the greatest. Oh, God. Some of y'all may hate us, but, you know, we still love you all the same. Now get out there and create. We out. Peace.